Do you want to find solutions that help teams make better decisions, solve problems faster and free their creative minds to come up with smarter solutions? There's a workshop for that. Bonjour, I'm Nati Ravez and I'm delighted to welcome to this show facilitators and experts who share their knowledge and experience of everything you need to know in the world of facilitation, giving you tips and tools for leading groups, sparking collaboration and driving innovation. Thank you for tuning in and let's go. Today, I welcome Maria Wichmann, a friend I met at a facilitation retreat over a year ago and a partner since I've been lucky enough to co-facilitate retrospective sessions with her. She has a very interesting background, having worked four years as an acoustic engineer before deciding to shift direction and become a workshop facilitator. Today, she takes us on her journey and gives us an insight into her current missions with companies in transition as part of a succession process. So enjoy this episode. Let's go. Hi, Maria. <laughs> Hi, Mati. <laughs> Good start. We're laughing. So we are finally reunited in the south of Germany. Um With the same weather we had last year as we met each other uh, coming back from Italy. Can you remember? Oh, yes, I do. Thank you to the pilots who went on strike so I couldn't fly home from Italy. But I had to drive in a car. But thankfully it was with you. <laughs> <laughs> And it was raining the whole way, seven hours long. We had not so much sleep <laughs> during the week. But we became friends through this um, long driving because we were talking about our lives. Yes, that was very special. It turned out to be very, very special, yeah. uh, sitting in this car together and sharing life experiences. Yeah. So I'm very happy that we finally, one year later, can record a podcast because you are a workshop facilitator like like I am, and like a lot of the listeners or the guests that were on the podcast. And I know your background, of course, but uh, I know that you study something very weird for me. <laughs> so well, tell me, what is your background? Okay, I studied to become an engineer. I'm German. And uh, I majored in technical acoustics. Mm -hmm. That means uh, I learned how to reduce noise of vehicles, machines, and stuff. And then I went on to reducing noise in aircrafts or jet engines that power airplanes. And um, we try to design the jet engines in a way so that they don't make so much noise. And we tried to predict that even before the engines were built. So it was computer modeling of noise. And then the pandemic hit. And uh, you know that this was terrible for the industry because nobody traveled. Yeah. And uh, then tons of aircrafts were on ground. It was terrible for the industry uh, because you make money when those things fly. And... Um, Then my employer asked who wants to leave 
And uh, I started thinking about that question and I asked myself, I really love my job. I have great colleagues that I really enjoy working with, but do I want to do this job until I retire? Mm-hmm. And the clear question was no, that just came out of nowhere. It's like, no, I do not want to do this until I retire. And then the next question I asked myself, when is a good time to jump off, to leave? And I didn't have an answer to that one. And then I changed the question and I said, okay, is there a better time than now? And then I was like, hmm, uh, probably not because I only get older and starting something new is probably good to have more energy and being younger in the job market and stuff. So I took the leap. I had no plan B when I jumped off. And um, yeah, that was that story. So no plan B. And this is what we have in common. I quit my job. (laughs) One and a half year ago, I just knew that I wanted to travel and to see the world because my daughter left home to go for her study. So, but, okay, so you are out from the from the corporate, you are at home mm-hmm. thinking about what will I do now? Because I know you and you are not someone who is sitting like doing nothing. So you were thinking about this, no plan B, but... How did you find out what you want to do and where your journey should go? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm quite a structured thinker. So um, I bought a career coaching because I thought I don't know how to do that. I've been in this job for almost 14 years. I've been out of the job market. I need someone to guide me. So I bought a career coaching to help me find a new job. And... uh, She went through several exercises with me. Uh, I learned, I reflected on what are my talents, my strengths, what do I love doing, and uh, what needs, what are the boundary conditions that my job needs to have, the new one. And when I wrote this all down and saw it on paper, I realized this job that I want that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And then the conclusion was, if I really want this, then I have to create it myself. And is it, is this in this time that you step into facilitation or you already start a little bit, I think, in your um, in your company to look about this? Mm. But maybe. I, I had facilitated for several years at the corporate. And when I left, I had several colleagues that said, Maria, um, This team thing that you do is your superpower and you have to do something with it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that meant, but the career coach helped me to figure it out. And what this business that I was describing on paper was basically helping teams to break open silos, to work more effectively, to enjoy work more, which is really important to me. And, uh, I had done a lot of stuff, did a lot of stuff intuitively and read tons of freebies online. And then I decided, uh, okay, I want to have like a better foundation for this and uh, took another course in facilitation training, a rather uh, comprehensive course. And that course attached to this course was a community. And I dove into this community 
and uh, got a lot of inspiration, learned tons of things. And, and I you also gave, you gave a lot of inspiration because you were, yeah. you are, you were, and you are very active in this community. Yeah, I also help others because I want to give back because so many people helped me. Yeah. So it's a give and take in this community. So uh, if anybody, there's one thing, unsolicited advice I can give if someone wants to start on their own, never fly solo, but uh, find a community of like-minded people. Yeah. That's really what gave me a huge boost in this whole endeavor. So you decided finally to really go into this new facilitation skills that you had and to look where you want where you want to use it. And I know that you are doing different kind of stuff, but since we had a beautiful talk yesterday evening about one of the topics you are involved in, and this is a special topic, it's about business succession in small and medium businesses that involves many aspects like communication across generation, emotion, life stories. You told me a lot about that yesterday, so I would love to hear how you use facilitation and what is it about first? What is it about you are doing? Okay. Well, the situation in Germany is that hundreds and thousands of businesses need a business successor in the next 10 years. So this is a huge impact on German economy. And I got involved in a project where um, we try to support solving this problem. Uh, fact is that nobody's immortal. And even if you love your business, at some point you have to decide what happens after I die or preferably what happens when I get older and maybe I want to change focus in my life. So entrepreneurs need a plan uh, for their transition into a less active phase and they need to hand over their lives work. And this process is very complex it, because it has many, many different um, perspectives of it and it reveals emotions in the person who um, wants to leave or who build the business who build the business yeah. yes uh, emotions weaknesses of what didn't go well in my business uh, in how did I run it um, a business handover requires quite different skills compared to what you need to run your business or it can it doesn't have to but it can Especially I am focusing on craftsmen and like a plumber, for example, or a carpenter. They need other skills to run their business well, uh, or they have used other skills. So communication is a very big, important skill that you need if you want to successfully hand over a business. And this is where the facilitation comes in that I am uh, trying to contribute to solving this problem. And what do you like the most about this um, mission that you have here? Uh, good question. Um, the most inspiring thing for me is to hear the stories of the senior entrepreneurs who are more or less wanting <laughs> to change their um, focus in life. I highly respect 
the courage that they had when they started and the challenges they overcame, things like divorce or illnesses or whatever life throws at you, and you still have to run your business or no customers. Like after, after 2000, there was quite a dip in for craftsmen. Uh, so there were not enough customers. Uh, and the business that overcame and grew out of this, uh, they have been quite successful, actually, the ones that I spoke with. So the life stories, the crazy things that they did at the beginning when their businesses started, they are like super fun. Yeah. I can remember yesterday that um, you told me about one person you interview or you had a talk with a senior person who wants to prepare uh, the transfer of his business. And he told you one sentence, if I can remember, it's each time he had to take a decision. Yes, uh, that was actually quite wise, I thought. Um, he said there were so many people that wanted to give him advice on his journey to uh, hand over the business or find someone who wants to buy it, wants to buy the business. And he said uh, he always asked himself the question, does that fit? Is that a good fit for me? Yeah. Because so many people have so many ideas and uh, yeah, you need to do this and you need to buy a big car to show that your business is going well. And he's like, no, I don't want to buy a big car. This is not me. Mm -hmm. And I think this is true for, for any entrepreneur. Uh, ask yourself, not check social media, what are, what should I do, but what's actually a good fit for me. And this really has helped him very well to guide him as a guide for making decisions in his uh, succession, business succession. Very inspiring conversation. And being aligned with himself. In, uh... Yes. His values, he always stuck to his values. He's like, is that, does that feel right for me? And uh, now other colleagues, when he meets other colleagues, they say, hey, um, tell me how your business handover thing worked. And then he tells a story and then they say, oh, I wish I could do the same thing. But the key is ask yourself what is, what's the right fit for me. So it means that through all these stories that you listen to and that you actually actively listening to, You learn also a lot. Yes, yes. That's that's why it's such a great project because it's so inspiring. Yeah. And how do you use um, the power of facilitation in your work? Well, as I said, I work with I work with uh, craftsmen, so car mechanics, plumbers, and painters and stuff uh, in rural areas in Germany, so not in big cities. And what What is most impressive for those people is that I sort their thoughts by visualizing their thoughts. That means I write down what they tell me, like when they talk about challenges or talk about expectations they have, how they want it to be or how they don't want it to be. I write those down and then I structure those. So each thought, uh, I write down each thought on a sticky note uh, or anywhere And then I sort it and then they see categories or they see it's actually just five thoughts that go in circle all the time. And then uh, so visualizing is a big thing. 
and we talk, especially at the beginning, we talk about expectations. We talk about uh, challenges, hopes and fears. And one topic that always sticks out is the different values that they have to deal with because the senior entrepreneurs uh, have different values compared to the young generation that now comes and takes over. And facilitation can help to understand the different needs. For example, the younger generation, from what I hear, is they want to work less. So 70-hour weeks are not sexy anymore. Mm -hmm. And they're not willing to take so much risks. Mm -hmm. So one thing that we focus on in the project is how can we set up businesses so that um, you can spread the risk, for example, if more than one person takes over or we're currently um, in discussion with one business, they are thinking about um, that the um, employees take over the business altogether. So everybody buys a share, so more solidary business models so looking at different kinds of business models um is it um is it a way um a way for you to to really facilitate yeah between this generation is it really hard to have a person who is almost 60 70 dealing with young people just coming out sometimes um from the university and wanting to to, to take over these businesses? Yeah, it's super hard because the values are different and the all the methods that or the, the, the way they have run their business and they've been very successful over 30 years and now those methods don't work anymore when they talk to the new generation. So they're sort of lost with an empty toolbox because everything that's in there doesn't work for the... For the um, potential business successor mm -hmm. and how how what are the solution there uh there is no easy solution but it comes down to communicating and awareness uh, becoming aware that not the young people are lazy or the young people are just not as tough anymore this is um, just another generation it's they're not? different and There was actually one entrepreneur I spoke with and he said, you know what, Maria, if I'm honest, the way the young generation wants to work now, if I had done that when I was young, I would be much more healthy today. Yeah. So it's different and yeah, it's a change process. This transitioning, it's like a lot of different aspects going into this. Um But your communication and facilitating, visualizing um, moves you quite a way. Yeah, as a facilitator, you help them to see the different perspective. And actually, mm. I guess, actually, both of them, the business owner and the one who wants to take over the business, want the success of the business. This is the same. Yes. So yes. it's only a different way maybe of working and a different perspective. And, and you are here to... To yeah. facilitate this, yeah. And letting go. Yeah. Letting go is super hard. Just imagine you 
you grow something for 30 years, you grow a business for 30 years, it's successful and there's so much blood, blood, sweat and tear in it. And then all of a sudden someone walks in your door and says, I want to take over. You agree on a price and then this person like changes everything or tells you in the process before, I want to change this. I want new tools. I want to digitalize. I want to do agile. And there's like, oh my gosh, all those buzzwords. I, I, this is like overwhelmed for the senior yeah. uh, because their way of working worked is it's a successful business. So this is hard to also change your routine of the day. You get up in the morning, what do I do if I don't check my emails and go to go to the shop? Yeah. yeah. So a lot of aspects to consider. Nice topic. I think there would be a lot, a lot, a lot um, to talk about it. But you are also doing, um, you are not only working on this, but you're also doing other stuff in the facilitation space. What are you doing? Um, several things. I, of course, I design workshops. I facilitate workshops for people and uh, I have a newsletter. I am active in several communities that have something to do with facilitation. So where facilitators gather, I help others. I uh, coach in the facilitation space. For example, I help employees to introduce facilitation into their companies. And yes, you can buy courses, but sometimes your situation is so unique that you don't really know where to start, even if you have this amazing course. So in the coaching, I consider the skill sets that the individual has and the environment where this person needs to make it work. Mm -hmm. And I have myself, I have a corporate background. So I know of all the things that go on in corporates and how to survive in a matrix like that. How can you um, introduce facilitation or do more of it in your job? Because this will probably boost your own career. Yeah. The workshops that I run are about breaking open silos, especially in larger organizations. That's a problem. Um, I help teams uh, find their purpose of the work. So especially people that are paid for thinking, they need to understand why am I coming here to this? Why does that make a dent in the universe? And after the sessions, they're usually more satisfied with what they do. And of course, that increases motivation and engagement. And in the sessions, I show them ways to get more done, which is interesting for the managers at the same time, because it means less meetings and happier staff. Happier staff means it reduces turnover rate. That reduces turn turnover cost. Uh, just the other day, I read an article and uh, it said um, finding a new employee and getting them up to speed costs about six to 12 months of salary. Yeah. So if you just have one employee that stays a year longer, it's usually a business case to buy a facilitated experience for the team where they can work on a challenge that they have. Yeah. Tell me more about your newsletter. About what are you writing? It's on uh, is it's on Substack. Yes, it's a newsletter on Substack. I assume you put that in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I write weekly, and usually it's a topic that comes from my work, something that I experienced, a conversation that I had with someone, and it's all related to 
how can I break open silos? How can I work more effectively and innovate to unleash more potential, unleash the potential to become more innovative because that makes you more happier in your job and you get healthier and the managers get more efficiency and reduced cost because less meetings are required if people learn how to collaborate better together. Have you ever regret to have quit your your company you were in 2021? Not a single day I have <laughs> because it was a great time. I loved it. I learned so much, but everything has its time and it was over after 14 years yeah. and I needed a new challenge. I had seen engine development in all its phases from very early stages to uh, repairing the thing and uh, yeah, I needed something new. Good. And you told us about community. You were in a retreat last year where you learned a lot of pickpole. What would be your advice to someone who would like to join such communities or such retreats, but maybe are not sure if they can invest or not? Invest in a course, you mean? Yeah, in a course, in a retreat, in a mastermind, whatever. Um, it depends on the individual, how they solve problems. But one common way is, of course, go online, search for the keywords, search, uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn or to you. Uh, I am active on LinkedIn as well, just like you and uh, get in touch and uh, we know so many people and products and stuff that we can probably help in yeah. a quick conversation yeah and that sometimes we just we had just a coffee outside and you said something that you saw on google that sometimes the best invest the best oh, yes. return of investment is actually when you invest in yourself Or in a course or in some knowledge that definitely last yeah. forever yeah investing in yourself and spending let's say i don't know three thousand euros on a course it sounds like crazy expensive but on the other hand you think okay if this course helps me to make a leap in my career then you will get paid more for the rest of your life uh after this investment of 3,000 euros and actually pulling through and doing the course. So no other investment is better than that. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. I really enjoyed being here today. It took us a while to actually get together and do this. So <laughs> thanks for having me. Thank you very, very much. And of course, you will get all the information about Maria in the show notes. Bye-bye. You can find Maria's contact details in the show notes, so don't hesitate to get in touch with her and let her know what you think about the podcast episode we had, what you think about her work, her mission. You can also subscribe to her newsletters, her facilitation silo-breaking newsletter in English and her business succession newsletter in German. In the next episode, I welcome Jakob Michalski, community builder expert, if you're in the various facilitator communities such as Facilitator Club 
our workshop master. His name won't be unfamiliar to you. He is a lovely kind of soul. So join us for the next episode. And until then, I wish you happiness, good health, and of course, a lot of success. Au revoir. <laughs>